Welcome back to Nach Yomi. We are doing Yoshua Perak Hey, the fifth chapter of Sefer Yoshua. Although it is only 15 Pesukim long, it is a packed Perak. There is a lot going on over here. So we are immediately following the crossing of the Yardane of the Jordan River. And we are told immediately that the impact of this socially is, um, is quite incredible. Everybody's hearts melt. Mean to say all the nations are terrified of Israel. You can imagine they walk into the river, the river splits. Nobody is w- waiting to wage war with Israel. And that's kind of the closing moment of the Yardin River, which is the first part of this Perak. We now move into the next episode where now they're comfortably sitting on the banks of the Yardin of the Jordan River on the west side, what we call the West Bank today, or uh, what the newspapers call the West Bank today, Yehuda and Shamron, to, uh, as we know it. And it says that Yoshua now circumcises everybody. He, he distributes sharp, sharp stones, right? We know, we, uh, the instrumentation is a little different to today. He distributes sharp stones. Everybody, um, all the males are circumcised. And the Pesukim go on to explain that the Bnei Israel were not circumcised during the desert experience. And now they finally are experienced. The next section talks about how that immediately following this, we know that they crossed the Yardin on the 10th of Nisan. So immediately following this, of course, is Pesach. So as we um, hit Pesach, um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Now that I've removed the cherpa of Mitzrayim, the embarrassment of Mitzrayim by the bris Miller, you can have the Korban Pesach. And they have the first Korban Pesach in Israel. And the Pesachim go on to say that this is the first time they now start eating from um, um, Avur Haaretz, from the produce of the land themselves. They're obviously among the fields in the land around the river. And they start, they're able to take the food and the grain and turn it into uh, into bread or actually mats around this time. And this is where they, uh, this this is part of their first experience of Pesach in the land of Israel. You see, um, even then it was a thing to go to Israel for Pesach. Um, and um, then... We go to conclude the parak with an unusual incident where Yoshua is waiting on the outskirts of, uh, of Jericho and he meets by himself this um, specter, this image of a, um, a soldier with a sword drawn and he has a conversation with this um, being and says, are you with us? Are you with Tsarenu, with our enemies? And the, the, this being answers and says that he is a Tzartz of Hashem, he is a minister of Hashem. And he came now, and Yoshua um, prostrates himself, realizing this is an expression of uh, one of the powers of Hashem in this world. And he is told to remove his shoe, um, because he's standing on Admas Kodesh, on holy ground, reminiscent a little bit of what happened with Moshe Rabbeinu at the burning bush, um, to a certain degree. Um, so let, let, we just look back on this parak, a few points to ponder in this whole experience. First of all, it is obviously um, connected. We know that Bris Miller and Korban Pesach are always connected. They are the only two positive commandments that if a person misses, there is actually a liable kores, a liable excommunication as a punishment. Very, very serious. The only two positive commandments that have that gravity of a punishment. And they are related because a person cannot eat, a male cannot eat a Koran Pesach without a bris milah. So this is a prerequisite, which is why these two come together. Um, you know, as we talk about in the Seder, when we say, when we talk about the bloods, I pass to you, uh, over you in your bloods. The two bloods are the Korban Pesach and the Mila, because before they had the Korban Pesach in Mitzrayim, they needed to circumcise themselves. So to over here, as they enter the land of Israel, they are circumcising themselves before they have a Korban Pesach. Quick question, why is it? Why were they not all circumcising themselves in the desert? So the Mephoshim expand upon the Pesachim to say that they were lacking a northerly wind in the desert, and therefore it was actually medically dangerous, medically critical that they didn't circumcise themselves, which means that they didn't actually have the Korban Pesach for 38 years during the desert experience, which is, you know, sort of a shocking re- re- revelation. 
um, in, in a kind of kind of our the way we we think about history. Um, at the same time, the pasuk we had described something unusual about this bris It says that I call it, that Yeshua um, circumcised them twice. Now, generally speaking, this is the kind of thing one really only does once a lifetime to remove to remove the foreskin. Um, and so the Mepharshim explained that up till now, yes, the, the mitzvah of bris had only been removing the foreskin. But Yeshua, that's what Avram Avinu was commanded by Hashem in Parshas Lech Lecha, the next week's parasha. However. Um, Yeshua got an extra additional level of the mitzvah, and that is what's called priya, removing a smaller membrane, which is underneath the foreskin. Today, Mo'alim remove both of them generally together, so that it's in one soup, it's in one cut. But in those days, they would, they would know how to differentiate between the two levels of skin, and only one was taken out before now, and Yeshua did both levels of bris milah. So the, the, the mitzvah actually got an added level of depth at this point in time. Um, there are lots of fascinating things to think about in terms of them eating from this produce of the land, um, as we talked about in this parak. Um, this is the first time that ultimately the mitzvah of Yashon and Chodosh was in action because essentially they were now eating from the new gra- grain of the land. And this was matir, this, uh, this allowed everything that had grown up till now um, in, in the land of Israel. It's a very big discussion in the, the sugya, in the discussion of Yashon and Chodosh. Finally, when we're coming back to this, this malach at the end of the experience, there is a lot of literature on who this is, why. Rashi says simply, this is the malach Michael, who's here to help Yeshua on the war front. He's about to, we're about to enter into the battle of Yerichoi. And so, of course, he is now coming as, that's why he has his sword out, because he is there to uh, give uh, military assistance. Rashi points out that in the Torah itself, Hashem at a number of points suggests that a malach accompany Moshe Rabbeinu um, throughout the desert as protection or is going to be the person who brings them into the land. And Moshe Rabbeinu declined that. Moshe did not want that assistance. Moshe Rabbeinu had um, had um, the ability to have more overt and express miracles and did, uh, rejected that option. Yeshua now over here is getting this divine assistance in the form of this um, specter of Michael. There are other conversations, subtext of this conversation when Yeshua is being criticized for his lack of learning Torah, but it's, we're going to stick to right now the Pshat. So this leaves us over here on the cusp of a very important battle. The Battle of Yerichai will be starting, God willing, in Perak Vav. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.